0: Mommy, no! Mommy, don't! Please, Mommy, no! Mommy, don't! Daddy, not again, Daddy! Daddy, please, no, Daddy! it's not right, Daddy, no! <gasps> the broken bones. The blood. The emptiness of their hearts. Who. Who will reach out for the children? Who. night in the garden. Jesus did not just see these sins. That night in the garden, Jesus felt these sins. He allowed himself to be submerged in the ocean of sin. He allowed himself to be enveloped by the foul stench of sin. He allowed sin to run through him, to become sin, so that you and I could be free from sin. He felt this, so great this agony that he began to sweat blood. It's calling him to Drosis. he sweated from extreme emotion, and there that night in the garden, Jesus did, and as his sweat fell to the ground like drops of blood, he cried out that prayer a third time, Father, if this cup could pass, please, pass, <gasps> but will be done, Father, not mine. You would have it, Father, not I. It was time. He looked out of the garden. He could see the men coming in to arrest him. It was about to begin. They were coming to arrest From the sweating of the blood, he struggled to rise to his feet. Taking just a few steps out of the garden, he found his disciples asleep for the third time he spoke to them. Could you not stay with me for even one hour? And you, could you not spend even five minutes of your day with me? Is there no room for me in your life? I, the one who gives you life. Why do you fall asleep to the comforts and the cares of the world? It can never give you the peace that I can. Sleep no more, for see, my betrayer is at hand. And as Jesus looked out of the garden, he saw coming in the men to arrest him. And leading these men was his own disciple, Judas. I made Judas there in the gate of the garden crept to those men and whispered to them in the dark Yes, the one that I kiss He is the master He is the one that you would arrest The one that I embrace Follow me this way I will lead you to him Master You would betray your master with a kiss. Judas, so much is betrayed, so much damage is done with just a kiss. It is the hour of darkness. Jesus raised his eyes to those who had come for him. He allowed himself to be arrested, bound like a criminal. The clubs and swords, the torches, the ropes, they took him like an animal. They drug him off. All of his disciples ran in the night to hide. And our Lord was taken to be put on trial. First he stood before Annas. Annas could find no guilt in Jesus, and so he sent him to Caiaphas. Caiaphas, head of the Sanhedrin, questioned our Lord. He could find no guilt in Jesus, except that Jesus claimed to be... The son of God, and that was blasphemy in the eyes of Caiaphas, and that was worthy of death. But the Romans would have to agree, so the next day he would stand trial before the Romans. But that night he was thrown into prison, and there in prison, throughout the night, the guards came around him to taunt him, to tease him, to abuse him. <laughs> What's this? A prophet? <laughs> The man claims to be a prophet? He'll see if he's a prophet. <laughs> you give me that, that cloth. We'll tie up to my eyes as a blindfold. <laughs> prophet, if you're a prophet, then you should know. Tell us, prophet. Who struck you, prophet, huh? Tell us. Who struck you? Stand him up, yes, prophet. Can you see me, prophet? Prophet, for us all us, great prophet. Who knocks you to the ground, prophet? Who strikes you? You see, this man's not a prophet. He can't even say who's striking him. He's not a prophet. He's nobody. (gasps) Jesus laid there. His eyes blackened. His mouth bleeding. His ribs were bruised. From the repeated kicks to his side. His head ached as they would snap him, punch him, and spit on him. He lay there, covered in filth on this floor, this cold self floor, and he knew who it was. He knew who they were. He held their existence within his will. But he saw that night, as they abused him, he saw each and every one of us. Each and every one of us those of us who would say that we love him and yet we would abuse him and mock him by abusing and mocking each other. How often brother and sister, husband, wife, parent, child, friend, stranger, we criticize, ridicule, mock, insult, laugh at. How often we do this. And every time we do it, we do it to Jesus. For he is in each and every one of us. What you do to the least, my brothers, you do unto me tells us he lay there on that cold cell floor hearing the insults the vile language of these men who hated him and yet from those of us who profess to love him we we too cry out those vile insults to him directly or through each other and as he lay on that cold cell floor as only he could do he looked into the future and he saw every single tabernacle across the world he would wait as a prisoner of love in the Holy Eucharist, waiting for us to visit him, to visit the imprisoned. He waits. But we're so busy. We have so much to do. And we say that. We say that he will understand. Jesus will understand. I I have things to do. I have work and I have school and he knows this. I have a social life. I I have to entertain myself with so many things. I I have to be involved in all these sports. I have to do so many of these things. I I have to do all these things. I am busy. Jesus will understand that I am busy. And yes, he does understand. He understands that you and I have made ourselves too busy for him. And how his heart aches for us to come to him to love him, just to be with him, to be with the one who loves us so. He lay there that night, as he lay in his prison, outside in the courtyard was Peter. Peter came near the fire in the courtyard, knowing that his master was being held captive, he wanted to find out what was happening. So he waited out in the courtyard, thinking he could pick up a word here or there of what was happening to Jesus, just warming himself by the fire, and there by the fire, the flicker of the flame upon his face. He was afraid he would be recognized, so he covered himself with his cloak, but he was recognized, first by a woman. He denied it, though. He denied that he knew Jesus, and then a second time, he denied that as well, and then a third time, yes, as the others have said, you, you are one of that man's followers, you, Ye- you You were there in the garden tonight. I saw you there, you were with them. You should be arrested as well. He should be arrested as well. No, I don't know him. As I told the others, I don't know this man. You've got to believe me. I'm only here by the fire, warming myself. I don't know him. I swear to you all, I do not know him. I do not know Jesus. Just then he heard the cock crow. He remembered what Jesus told him that he would deny him three times. He looked across the courtyard. There was Jesus. Their eyes met, Master. No! No! I have denied you, master! They'll see me, they'll arrest me, I've got to get away! And he ran into the night, and he wept bitterly through the night. Peter, how could you do that? So easy for us to ask. How could you deny him? You lived with him. You saw him heal and feed thousands. How could you not be there for him? But think, that night Peter risked his very life by even being in that courtyard. Peter had not yet seen the death and the resurrection of Jesus, but what about us? We who claim to know him, to love him, we who claim, and yet we are so often so afraid that even in a public restaurant, or at school, in the cafeteria, or with our friends at work, even with our family members we're afraid to make a sign of the cross and say a prayer before we eat our meal for fear that somebody might see us might know who we are what we profess to believe and we could be made fun of we could be mocked and ridiculed so what do we risk being laughed at losing some friends and are they really friends what did Peter risk he risked his very life, but by God's grace, His mercy and His love, through prayer, the sacraments, the reading of the sacred word, the strains that He can give us to stand up for the truth of who He is, we must seek and pray for that courage. Peter wept in the night, and Jesus was taken to stand trial, and on that Good Friday morning, He stood before Pontius Pilate, as Pilate questioned our Lord. Who are you? Where do you come from? What is your origin? Why do they bring you here before me, Pontius Pilate? Why do they find you such a threat that they would bring you here before me? They say that you claim to be a king. If you are in fact a king, then where are your subjects? Why are they not here fighting for your freedom? If you are, in fact, a king, then tell me this. Where are your subjects? If my kingdom were of this world, my subjects would be fighting for my freedom. My kingdom is not of this world. You speak of a kingdom, therefore you must be a king. Well, are you king? Answer me, I want to know. Are you a king? It is you who say that I am. I am. And I have come into this world to bear witness to the truth. Let all of you who hear my voice let you know the truth. It will set you free. Speak of truth, tell me what is truth. I will give you truth. I want this man scourged. We shall teach him truth. Take the man out and scourge him. I want this man scourged. Jesus was let out to be scourged. No Roman scourgings were violent, they were bloody. The Romans knew what they were doing. They would bring an individual into the courtyard, they would strip them of their clothing. They would normally attach them by the wrist to a stone post, three to five feet in height, in the center of the courtyard. Then surrounded by hundreds of soldiers, they would work in groups of two or three, sometimes alone, using different instruments upon the individual to tear their flesh from the body, to break their spirit and break their will. And Jesus in their eyes was just another criminal, except that he claimed to be a king, and that was treason, for Caesar was king. And so his abuse would be unusually harsh. The tools that they would use varied. But of all the tools that they used, the one most damaging and probably best known is called the flagrum otherwise known as the cat of nine tails. It was like a whip, and from the handle hung down strands of leather. And at the ends of the leather, they would attach pieces of bone, metal and steel, sharpened, snapping just right, would dig the flesh right out of the body. They could wrap it around arms and legs. It would stick into the muscle. Pulling it out could cut through the muscle, down to the bone. People died during scourgings. The Romans had perfected this. Normally they could keep them alive. Humiliate them, though. Humiliate them. Those who would do the scourging sometimes were Roman soldiers. Sometimes it may have been a criminal who was condemned to die, but allowed to release their rage and hate upon somebody else before they themselves were put to death. For the sake of it here today, we shall give a name to one who would scourge Jesus. I introduce you to Horatius. (laughs) Horatius. My name is Horatius. I am a Roman soldier. My job is to scourge people. You think you suffer? You know nothing of suffering. Let me chain you to my post for three minutes. I'll tear the flesh from your body. You will beg me for mercy. Would I give you any? No, that's not my job, and I do my job well. What? Another one? Bring the man in. Chain him to my post. They brought Jesus in. They stripped him of his clothing down to a small cloth on his waist. They attached him by the wrist to the stone post in the center of the courtyard. And Horatius continued his abuse. Yes. I like to look into their eyes and see the fear in their face. I like to hear them cry out, not me, I'm innocent. Oh yes, that's why you're chained to my post, you're so innocent. And this man was no different than the others. I would manipulate his mind, play games with his mind, with my words. You know what that's like, don't you? To manipulate somebody's mind? You're no different than I am. You want to know what I saw when I looked into this man's eyes? I will tell you what I saw when I looked into this man's eyes. His eyes were closed, his lips were moving as if, as if he was in prayer, he wasn't resisting this at all, he was, he was ready to accept this, who is this man, and then, and then he looked at me and he, he forgave me for what I was going to do. Who is he? I could hear the soldiers all around, hundreds of them crying out my name, cheering me on. Quiet! All of quiet, I know what my job is! I picked up my whip, the flag room, and I stood behind the man, his back to me. I firmly planted my feet in the ground and I found my first target underneath and around his ribcage. The flesh is so tender and it tears so easily. I pulled the whip back and I wrapped it around his ribcage, bone and metal stuck into his side. As I pulled it out, blood ran down, his left knee buckled as he fell to the ground, but the man would not cry out. I heard a small groan come from his lips. He was praying again. You will not play with I am here! You will not play with me! I will annihilate you! Something happened. I felt something. I felt a rage come over me. One I had never felt before in my life. I pulled the whip back and I struck this man again and again. Around his legs. Around his arms. Around his head. Right down his back. I could hear the man striking him in the skull. Flesh was flying to the pavement around me. My arms were covered with the man's blood. My clothing was dripping with the man's blood. I struck this man hundreds of times. We all struck him hundreds of times. We all struck him. <laughs> it for you to see what sin looks like? Not very pretty, is it? What did you think it was? Do you think it was clean? You don't like to see it that way, do you? Hurts just a bit, doesn't it? Makes you a bit uncomfortable, doesn't it? What did you think? the tearing of the flesh of the Son of God would be, anyway, for your sins. Was it worth it? For your moments of selfish pleasure? Was it worth it for your hatred and your resentments? Was it worth it for your greed and your envy, your materialism, your, your vanity? Okay, here's nothing but a bloody mess. And you were with me. Imagine, imagine if you had any idea of what eternity was. Any idea at all, you would change your life now! But maybe you're already holy enough. Maybe you don't need to become any holier. Maybe you've already freed yourself from all those vices that hold you back. You think you've got it all figured out. And in your arrogance, your foolishness is clearly seen. Imagine my whip. Imagine the blood on my arms and my clothing. The straps of leather hanging from my whip. Soaked in his blood. Fragments of his flesh hanging from the hooks. Imagine. For as I did my job upon this man. I stepped back, and I handed my whip to you. You then stepped into my place. You struck him. You tore the flesh from his body. First it was his priests and dignitaries. The religious, the ones who violate their vows, the ones who know and still turn from the truth. Then it was the parents and the teachers who raised the children, teaching them things that were not true, leading them into that which was sinful, scandalizing the young. Then, any and all who knew what was right, knew what was wrong, and still chose what was wrong, you're all there, you all stood in my place, and you still do. What do you think the cross is? What do you think the cross is? Some small gold trinket to hang around your neck? The cross is pain, suffering, the cross, If you understood, you would not live the way you do. You were the ones that gave me the power to do what I did to this man. It was you. You were the raids that came over me. It was you. Was it worth it? Would it be worth it from now on when you sin? I struck him over and over. But I could not break his spirit. I could not break his will. And you were with me. Cut him loose. When they cut Jesus loose, he fell to his knees. He was kneeling in a pool of his own blood. His chest heaved for each breath. They walked around him and spit at him and kicked him. And they slapped him in the head. All hail the king, they said. And when he looked at his hands, when he looked at his hands, I wonder what he thought. Did he think back to when he was a small boy And he held the hands, the hands of his mother, when he took his first steps, holding gently just the pinkies of her hands, a small child walking down the path in the field, tears of joy coming from his mother's eyes, a smile and laughter coming from him? Did he think of when he worked in the wood shop of St. Joseph and he shaped the wood with his hands? Did he think of when he fed the thousand when he cured them, raised them from the dead and the children that he blessed? When he looked at his hands, did he think of the tears that he would wipe from the eyes of the repentant sinner? And now these hands were torn, blood running down his arms, dripping from the elbows onto his legs. He struggled with each breath, but it wasn't enough. He had allowed his divine flesh, the flesh of the divine person of Jesus to be exposed for all the sins of immodesty in the world. All the times that we would compromise the dignity and the mystery of the person. For the sake of society, for the sake of fashion, for the sake of sports, we allow the body to be seen in ways that are so damaging. We rationalize and justify it away. He allowed his flesh to be torn from his body for all the sins of abortion, contraception, premarital sex, adultery. But it wasn't enough. For all the sins of the mind, he watched as they brought over a crown of thorns. Thorns, were two to three inches in length, they set it on his head and they pushed it down into his flesh. The thorns pierced around his eyes, blood ran into his mouth. And when they were done mocking him as a king, they brought him back to stand before Pilate, Pilate looked at him, barely able to believe that he could even be alive, but he could still find no guilt in Jesus. So he demanded that Jesus be brought out onto the balcony. The courtyard below was filled with hundreds of people, and along with Jesus they brought up one called Barabbas. Barabbas who was guilty of murder, he had murdered a Roman soldier, and Pilate knew it. Pilate asked the people who he should set free. See, Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent. Maybe this was his way out. The people cried out for Barabbas. And so great was their cry that Pilate was afraid that a riot was about to break out. So he gave in and he allowed Barabbas to be set free, as you and I so often give in to that which we know is wrong. But for sake of possibly losing the respect of others, we give in and do what is wrong. We wouldn't want to lose the respect of others, would we? How weak. We must pray for courage. Pilate then turned to the crowd and asked what should be done with Jesus. And the crowd cried out. We all cried out. Crucify him. Crucify the man! They were hungry for his blood. You see, the Romans entertained themselves with violence, blood, death, murder, sex. It was their way. And we think that's so terrible of them. And it is. But look at our world today. Look at the TV we watch, the television. Yes, look at the movies, the magazines, soap operas, romance novels, the music we listen to. We entertain ourselves with it. Violence, sex, nudity. We see the damage, the blood, the murder, the hatred, the greed. And what do we call it? We call it entertainment. But we don't call it so often what it simply is. See, we call it drama. We call it intrigue. We call it romance. It's a love story. That's what we say. So often we will not call it what it simply is. So often it is simply sin. And we pay money for it. We pay money to watch other people sin. At least the Romans didn't go to church on Sunday and claim to be a follower of Jesus. But God's mercy is there for us. He loves us. We just must go to him and turn away from those things which offend him. For if we love him, then we will not entertain ourselves with things that offend him. Jesus was condemned to die, taken back to the courtyard to carry his cross, pressed to his knees. In most Roman crucifixions, they didn't carry the full cross. It could have weighed over 300 pounds. Normally, they would carry the cross beam. Around a hundred pounds. They would tie it to the arms, across the shoulder, between the wrist and the elbow. And then they would drag the individuals to the streets. And Jesus struggled to carry his cross. Step after step. The weight of it bearing down on him. The crowd laughing and mocking his body filled with anguish and pain. And he would fall to the ground. And with his arms tied to the beam, he would not have been able to use his hands to catch himself. He would have fallen with his face lying in the street the same street where the animals would walk and leave the droppings, it was the face of Jesus. They brought the whip onto his back and dragged him up that hill, wearing the kneecaps down to the bone, step after step. At one point they feared that he would not make it to the top of the hill. They looked into the side of the street and found a man named Simon Cyrene. They pulled him out of the crowd. Simon stepped in, resisting, until he looked into the eyes of Jesus. And through the blood filled eyes of Christ, Simon saw something and he bent down to pick up our Lord placed an arm around his side he took the beam and the arm of Jesus tied to that beam and lifted it over his shoulder and he stood up with Christ he could feel the body of Jesus burning with a fever from head to toe every inch of movement Jesus winced in pain his body was in shock he'd had no rest he had no nutrition, no nothing to care for him throughout this night and here Simon struggled to help him and as Simon held him he could feel the blood of Christ He could feel the whip directed at Jesus. It would hit him as well. He could feel the crown of thorns bumping him as well. And Simon struggled with him. For when you and I carry our cross, we are so close to Jesus. And he kisses us with his suffering. Or we can be the ones that walk away turn away from our cross and see suffering as something that that is senseless and useless, but when united with Jesus' suffering, it becomes redemptive, it becomes purifying. Jesus struggled, soon he came to Veronica, who bent down and wiped his face. She took the blood and the sweat and the dirt from the face of the Savior and he left his image upon her cloth. He came around the turn, and there the women of Jerusalem were weeping for him, and he stopped to console them. On the way to his death, he took time to console somebody. How often you and I are so, so tired. Our feet hurt at the end of the day. with have a headache. My back is sore. I, I don't have time for my children and my spouse. I'm busy. Jesus struggled. He turned, coming close to the top of Calvary. He stopped, and he looked up. To the crowd, he looked until he saw her, there she was. His eyes met the eyes of his mother. Mother. I love you, mother. Thank you. Thank you for your love for me. And Mary looked at him there and I wonder what she thought. Did she think back to when he was a small child? The first time maybe she ever heard him call her mother. She would have come into the room and there he was, his arms reaching out. She would have bent down to pick him up, his arms wrapped around her. They would have danced around the room, his head resting on her shoulder. Just the smell of his hair and the beating of his little sacred heart would have lifted her soul to endless heights. And here she watched as they dragged him to the top of the hill. She watched as they ripped the cloak from his back, taking flesh with it. They spun him around threw him to the ground and stretched his arm out against the beam. A man stepped over his arm and knelt on the inside of his elbow to pin that arm to the wood. And then the man reached into his pocket and pulled out a nail. The nails they used were six to seven inches in length, half an inch thick at the top coming to a point. They positioned the nail on the lower palm to wrist of the hand, knowing through trial and error that if you place the nail too high up in the hand, nothing there really to hold it and the flesh would pull and tear right through. By placing it in the lower palm to the wrist they could pierce between the bones and hold that flesh fast to the wood. That man leaned on that nail and then reached for the hammer and raised that rusty steel blood-stained head of that hammer high above his shoulder. And Mary watched and I'll bet you anything Jesus looked into that man's eyes and forgave him as that man brought that hammer down on that nail. For shot, would appear in heaven in his wrist. Ball of fire, pain into his shoulder, hand convulsing. Hammer was raised up. We with our sins brought it down again, and again. He lay there gasping for breath. They pulled on the other arm, dislocating the shoulder. They nailed that hand to the beam as well. And there he was, the hand of the Son of God nailed to a beam. His body was lying in the dirt. They drug him through the dirt up the steps, the vertical part of the cross already mounted to the ground. They attached the cross beam to the top, nailed his feet to the bottom, and Jesus hung there as his his blood ran. He hung there struggling just to breathe. You see, in order to breathe on a cross, one must pull off the nails of the hands and press off the nails of the feet to raise the lungs up into a position where they can exhale. Most people die on the cross from something called asphyxiation. They choke on their own breath. Jesus hung there struggling for each breath, and he was able to speak words of forgiveness. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. (laughs) He looked out and he saw all of mankind. Every single one of us, even this very moment. He saw every pain, every suffering, every agony. He knows every joy and every fear, every sadness, every battle that we fight, every sin. Every virtue, he knows and he loves us. The blasphemies, the outrage, the sacrilege, those who had come to receive him in holy communion with mortal sin upon their soul, the agony, the anguish, the rejection of his body and blood, <gasps> his heart rate. Next, even today. But then he saw those of us who would turn our lives over to him and console him, his most precious wounds. We console by our love, by our purity of intention, by our seeking his truth. There at the foot of the cross was his mother and John the beloved disciple, and he spoke to them. Woman. Behold your son, John. Behold your mother. And from that moment on, John took Mary into his care. And if you and I are true disciples of Jesus, we will take her into our hearts. We will love her. She will be our queen. For you ladies, she will be your role model of purity and holiness. The way you dress, the way you act, the way you speak. For us men, she will be our queen. We will be her knights, her champions. And all that we do, we will seek to honor the queen who will lead us by her intercession to the king. Jesus hung between two thieves. A thief on one side cried out in rage and anger. If you are who you say you are, then come off this cross and take us with you. Prove who you are. But the thief on the other side rebuked that thief and defended Jesus. Leave him alone. Do you not fear God even when you're dying? This man is innocent. He does not deserve this. We do. Jesus, please. Remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. For I have been your worthless servant. And Jesus said to that thief that day, You, you will be with me from this day forth to hear those words, do we long to hear those words, you will be with me from this day forth in paradise, that should be what we seek in our day to day lives, to hear him say to us you will be with me from this day forth in paradise, for it is all about salvation, that is why he came into the world, that is why he died, for salvation of our souls, he cried out words to his father. In anguish and loneliness and words of thirst. He spoke words of thirst, I thirst, he said. But he wasn't speaking of water, he was speaking of you and of me, he thirsts for us to come to him, to give him our lives, to turn from sin, to give him drink. Listen as he says to us, oh, give me drink by obeying the commandments that I give to you, by receiving my life and my love In the sacraments that I blessed you with by obeying the Holy Father, give to me drink by giving to me every breath that you take and every beat of your heart. Three hours pass. Three hours passed and the sky filled with darkness and a chill blew across the land and the ground began to tremble. There was a stench of death in the air. The insects were feeding off of the blood of those on the cross. People there at the bottom, there at the foot, there around Calvary. Some laughed, some mocked, some turned away, some even today turn away from this truth. And Jesus hung there. He hung there. Strength running from him and his darkness covered the earth. The sun shielded its face in shame, and all of nature saw as the Savior was about to expire on that cross. And Jesus cried out his final words and his final breath. It is finished. Gasp! day before the sabbath and the bodies were not to be left on the cross so the romans came to the first thief and then to the other and to hasten their death they broke the bones between the knees and the feet by crushing those bones in the lower leg the men could not press off of the feet to breathe and they would choke on their breath and die in moments but when they came to our lord jesus christ they found that he was already dead and so one of the soldiers raised up a spear pressed it against his side and while mary watched our hands sin from our hands wrapped around that spear and plunged it deep into the heart of Jesus when that spear was pulled from his side Mary saw the water and blood his divine mercy poured out in the three o'clock hour for us all the side of the sacred heart of Jesus pierced with his spear so his mercy could pour out but so that you and I could climb in and find peace in his sacred heart and what mother would not feel that spear pierced your heart as well? As was her son and Mary there watched as they pulled the nails from his hands and feet. They lowered him to the ground and they laid him in her arms. And she held him there, his face disfigured, the crown of thorns embedded in his head. His hair thick and matted with blood and filth and spit, his body covered in dirt and blood and flesh. When she placed her hand on his chest, I wonder if she thought back to that night in the stable. And she could feel the beating of that little sacred heart, and now the beating of that heart was no more. And she took his hand, that hand that she once held so gently, so gently as he took his first steps, that hand was now lifeless. she loves us and she wishes one thing that we would come to her that she could bring us to her son for she is our queen given to us by Jesus she is the one that will lead us to her son our savior our Eucharistic king This is the home of Women of Grace, The Daily Mass, More to Life, The Sunrise Morning Show, and Mother Angelica. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Живи в правди, живи по-католически. Vivi la verità, vivi cattolico. Mabuhay sa katotohanan, isabuhay ang pagiging katoliko. In any language, it means the same. Live Truth. Live Catholic. EWTN. The first Easter was the beginning of a new world. The Gospel this Sunday tells us that the disciples saw and they believed. But what did they see? What did they believe? Christ be all consuming. Water from your side, wash me clean. Passion of Christ. I wanted to look more into some of the questions. What about purgatory? What about Mary? What about the saints? I, of course, came across Catholic Answers. I was like, well, how can I listen to them? Like, I know they're online, but, I mean, that's kind of annoying. Like, I want to just get in my car and listen to them. Like, oh, there's Catholic radio. And I wanted to learn more. I was like, I can't be in, like, a catechism class every hour of the day. It's like, be in the car, have it on radio, listen to things, and start learning more about the faith. It worked, and I'm Catholic now. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. You're crazy! Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or Mass, come home and experience a fresh start Visit Catholics K A T H nine.